You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. And it is Wednesday, December 16th. It is National Signing Day. This is Locked On Horn Frogs. Thanks for tuning in. And this is one of the biggest days of the year in college football. Now, um, if you don't follow recruiting super closely, you know, in the past, everybody signed in February. And that was just the way of the world. And that's how things went. Now, over the past few seasons, um, this first signing day in December has really become the signing day. It's the uh, the opportunity for guys to sign and enroll early, and you're seeing more and more young players do that because if you want to play as a true freshman, um, it's advantageous to be in camp immediately. Now, one interesting thing about it is um, two true freshmen that have had the biggest impact this season on the field for the Frogs, Quentin Johnston and Zach Evans, they did not enroll early. Now, Quentin signed on early signing day. He was a late flip from Texas to TCU. Uh, but he ended up, you know, staying at Temple High School so he could play basketball. And Zach Evans, we know his story. They sort of fell into uh, getting him very late in the process during the offseason in the summer. He ended up enrolling at TCU. But um, a lot of these guys are, are going that route now. They'll enroll early. They'll try to get a handle on either the offense or defense, whatever side of the ball they're playing, um, get through spring ball, and then try to come in and make a big impact in the fall. So – what I want to focus on in this first segment is um, I've been sort of debating all week how I want to handle it because I record these podcasts uh, the night before, so they're up the next morning. And, I mean, I know a lot of the guys are locked in, and I can tell you about some of the players that are going to sign for sure on Wednesday. But there's also, we hope, going to be some breaking news, some guys that flip at the last minute to TCU. So, I want to tell you about a couple players that could potentially end up being Horn Frogs that aren't committed right now, and that news should come down on uh, Wednesday, whether or not they will, and I would have already recorded the pod. So these are just some guys to watch on signing day itself that could make the class a lot better. The first one is Sam Jackson, and Sam is a quarterback from Naperville, Illinois. Um, he was originally committed to Purdue, and he decommitted uh, about a week ago. He is a four-star quarterback, five uh, eleven, one seventy, so a little undersized. He went to Naperville Central High School, but very talented kid, dynamic, dual-threat QB. Um, what I've been seeing, uh, and a lot of this information is coming from Jeremy Clark and, and Billy Wessels at TCU two four seven, which I don't want to give all their secrets away. Like I have a membership. And I'd encourage you to get one if you're really into recruiting. Um, so if I'm being a little vague, I apologize. I just, you know, they have a business model. I don't want to give out everything that they're saying on these message boards um, it, for, for people that might not be a member. But uh, I, I've watched his highlights today, and he's got a really strong arm. He can run. He can move around. He's very mobile in the pocket. And the comparison that he's been getting – by some TCU folks uh, and some guys that cover recruiting is Trayvon Boykin. So I know I know that gets everyone excited and makes your eyes light up when you hear that. Um, but Jeremy seems to think there's a good chance uh, 
he could flip and end up signing with TCU. So that would be a big pull because this, as I've said in the past or, or in the past few weeks, this is a small class. This is not a highly rated class. In fact, they're 10th in the Big 12 currently. But you'd feel better if you had a four-star quarterback coming in immediately. Uh, they got a couple QBs, Alexander Hoyne, the uh, young man from Germany, and then Trent Battle, who's from Oklahoma, and he's considered more of an athlete. They don't know exactly if he's going to play that QB position. But Jackson is a four-star guy, uh, big-time player, so it would be fun to see him uh, end up in this TCU signing class and be there as part of that 2021 group. So that's a name to watch. Uh, again, they say he reminds them that people are cover recruiting for 247. The comparison they give is he reminds them of Trayvon Boykin, which is really exciting to think about. Um, another player, Amante Watkins, he is a running back from Klein Forest in the Houston area. And today I was actually talking with uh, Tim Watkins, who covers recruiting on the 247 network as well. Basically covers it for Baylor, and he said he thinks this is a two-team race between TCU and Baylor, and TCU seems to have the advantage right now. He's a 5'10", 173-pound running back, had offers from A&M, Texas Tech, Arizona, Mississippi State, among others. So he is a, a highly touted guy, um, very fast, 4'5", 40, really shifty, um, had a 37-inch vertical at the opening, which is, is one of these sort of recruiting combines. Um, played in Louisiana for a couple seasons and then moved to Texas. He's a running back slash receiver or safety. And apparently Jeremy Monkins, who is the uh, TCU DB coach, has been doing the bulk of the recruiting on this front. So that makes me think that maybe they're going to switch positions with him when he gets to campus. Um, exciting player though. Another guy that has an opportunity to step in and, and make a huge impact. And he will also potentially, you know, he's undecided. So that's another name to watch as we move into Wednesday. And whenever you're listening to this, maybe check in, see if Sam Jackson or Monte Watkins has, uh, has signed with TCU because those are going to be two guys that aren't necessarily on the radar right now who could end up being part of this class, this signing class. So those are just a couple names to watch today as news could come down that they're going to join this recruiting class and end up signing with the Frogs. We'll take a break. When we come back, um, I'll, I'll take a look at, you know, who's already signed, who's going to be coming in. I told you about a few guys yesterday, but we'll look at a few more of, uh, of this 2021 class as we continue to cover National Signing Day here on Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we do that, though, before we talk more recruiting, let's talk Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered. It's cold brewed. It's literally the beer that's made to chill. And Coors Light understands that you don't get a lot of me time. You don't get a lot of time to unwind, to relax, to reset. And when you do, that's precious time. And you need to have a beverage uh, that's going to make you feel better, that's going to help you relax and get in that zone where you can really unwind. And when I want to hit reset and refresh, I grab a cold Coors Light. It's literally the beer that's made to chill. 
Um, you can get it sent straight to your door at get.coreslight.com. Again, that's get.coreslight.com. If you don't want to get out, if you just want to have it at your house, that's get.coreslight.com. Please always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, man, um, Stephen's always talking about drinks. He's always talking about beer. But I'm more of a person that enjoys a good snack. You know, when I want a chance to relax, I want something that's going to fill me up, that's going to tie me over for a little while. Why don't you try Built Bar? Built Bar comes in some delicious flavors. They have some classic ones like peanut butter and German chocolate. They also have some interesting ones like lemon almond cheesecake and cookies and cream if you if you want a little more flavorful or, or something off the beaten path. Uh, and Built Bar is good for you. It's only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar. So it's it's good fuel for your body. It's it's good for you um, if you're going to, you know, go do a workout or uh, if you have a work shift coming up. It's not going to weigh you down and have you hit some crash in the middle of the day. So why don't you try Built Bar? Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com and the promo Back on Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast, and we're spending a lot of time today talking recruiting. That's not normally my bag, but um, it's National Signing Day. It's a huge day for these young men. It's a huge day for TCU. Now, this is a smaller class than normal. So, uh, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what to think about it. As I said, I'm not an expert in the recruiting world. I understand TCU doesn't have a lot of seniors. They have some guys that are coming back. So it makes sense that, you know, they wouldn't offer as many players. They wouldn't have as many commits. But it seems like they're trying to close strong. You know, they're trying to uh, really finish this thing with with some gusto. And I don't know if they'll jump up into like 8th or 7th in the Big 12 by the end of the day. Uh, But you hope that they can put together a, a good showing as we approach uh, the end of the recruiting season. But some players that are going to sign today, I I told you about a couple guys yesterday, and one player who's been committed since uh, since April is Chris Murray, a defensive end from Wichita Falls Hershey. Um, 6'3", 240, so really good frame. Had offers from Air Force, Arizona, Boise State, Cincinnati. Um, Was the uh, 4A all-state selection as a junior, and this is another guy similar to Landon Watson who we have a lot of belief in. You know, anytime Gary Patterson puts his eye on a uh, on a defensive player, um, you know that's a good thing. And with that frame that he has and that ability to probably fill out with a college strength program and get stronger and faster, um, I feel like he has a lot of potential. So Chris Murray – is a player to be excited about on the other side of Landon Watson. And, you know, you, you add some of the pass rushers they have right now. O'Shawn Mathis has a couple seasons potentially left. Now, if he keeps up putting if he keeps putting up big numbers with his physical ability, I think the NFL could come calling at some point or another. But um, Kyrie Coleman, O'Shawn Mathis, Earl Burkett was someone who showed some promise late in the season. So Watson and Murray are hopefully guys – that can plug into that same mold and start to get after the passer. And then Chase Jackson uh, from Choctaw, Oklahoma, a 6'2", 170-pound wide receiver. Um, another sort of under-recruited guy, offer list included 
Eastern Michigan, Indiana, Minnesota, New Mexico. But um, a fast player, good frame, good build. And it, it, it feels like this particular recruiting class, you know, the last few years they've done a really nice job and they've pulled in some four stars. Um, Zach Evans was technically a five star, even though they didn't really get him on signing day. They got him later on, but they had started to really make some inroads with players that they typically didn't get their hands on. Um, but what this program has been built on is guys that you see in this class. And that's three star players with a lot of potential, a lot of room to grow. And they get, you know, in that strength program at TCU. And they start to develop under the great coaching staff at TCU. And by the time they're juniors and seniors, they're really solid players. And for this class, with it being small and, and with you not having a lot of seniors that are moving on, this is a good year for them to have some developmental projects and have some guys that might take a little more time to get going than normal. Um, recruiting is the life bro- lifeblood of any program. And I don't want to come on here and act like everything's fine because their class is, is rated so low. Like it, it's one thing to have, you know, a smaller class and not a lot of players, but I would feel better if they could have pulled in, you know, a couple guys with, with longer offer lists and maybe more stars by their name. We say that doesn't matter, and, yeah, you can you can definitely build a program with players that are not highly rated, but this isn't a Disney movie. Like, we know you need talent. We know you need those guys that it just pops off the page like, yeah, those are really special players. And, you know, maybe they end the day with somebody like Sam Jackson, the quarterback, the four-star quarterback, and you feel a lot better about, you know, where they're headed. But I'm still optimistic about the guys that they brought in because I think the staff has a track record of evaluating well and developing well, finding players that might not be getting all the attention in the world going into the season or going into a recruiting cycle and then turning them into key contributors uh, for either this offense or defense moving forward because they're so good at developing young talent. So I don't think it's time to you know freak out. Um, if you're someone that likes to look at where a class ranks in comparison to the conference. This is not the year to be super excited. But again, a chance to close strong close strong today as I'm recording this. I don't know who they might pick up on Wednesday, but we'll definitely react to that on Thursday, whoever that might be. Coming up, I want to get back into a conversation I had with Matt on Monday about next season with TCU football. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back on Locked on Horn Frogs, final segment. Stephen Simcox here with you. Don't forget, you can subscribe. You can rate and review the show. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast. It's uh, it's good to do because I, I try to post this either late at night or early in the morning. So it's there on your phone and you can listen to it wherever, whenever. And appreciate you tuning in to Locked on Horn Frogs. Would love it if you would tell a friend or let somebody know that you're enjoying it and that you've been listening to it on a pretty regular basis. Uh, TCU basketball playing tonight, playing against Oklahoma State. Should be a fun one. Cade Cunningham projected to be the first pick in next year's NBA draft. will be out on the floor, the true freshman. Top player in the country going into the season. It'll be a good test. 
You know, this team has sort of been up and down defensively. I'm not sure who's going to get the assignment on Cade, but that's going to be a, a big key in this game. And, you know, coming off that win against A&M, can you build on it? Can you continue to do good things and, and make things happen? This is a pivotal game. I, I said it yesterday. Um, you know, these games against Oklahoma, um, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, um, some of those middle-of-the-pack Big 12 teams, Iowa State, you're going to need to win those if you're going to end up having a respectable conference season because there's some really good teams in this league. Baylor, Tech, Kansas. There are three or four teams in this league that Texas is very talented, but you feel like if you split with them, you're probably doing pretty good. So you need to find a way to win these games against the middle of the pack, and Oklahoma State definitely qualifies as one of those teams alongside TCU. On Monday, I was talking to Matt Jennings, and if you haven't listened to that episode, I'd encourage you to do so. It's on the same podcast feed. It's it's Monday's episode, uh, December 14th. But we were discussing 2021 and how this is supposed to be the year for TCU football, this year coming up. You have a lot of guys coming back. They're losing some key starters on defense. Garrett Wall is going to be gone. I assume Trayvon Berg is going to be gone. Our Darius Washington might be out as well, but you're returning a lot of that core. The secondary still has a chance to be really good, especially at corner if Noah Daniels comes back healthy and Keon Stewart can join Travis Hodges Tomlinson and the job that he's done down the stretch. Um, on offense, you're getting basically all your skill players. Max Duggan will be back again next year. So what are the keys to a successful 2021 season where you're back in the mix in the big 12 conference race and you're not just playing for bowl eligibility at the end of the season well first of all it's play calling like what are you going to build your offense around moving forward is it going to be this running backs like is it, it going to be running the football and pounding the rock with zach evans and darwin barlow and kendra miller and then taking some deep shots off of that with with play action are you going to build it around Max Duggan and start to use more of that intermediate passing game and some of these weapons you have on the outside? I'm fine either way. I'd just like them to pick a philosophy and stick with it. You know, find whatever it is that you feel like you're best at and then force teams to stop you. If you want to be a spread team that throws the ball over the yard, then start running those concepts. If you want to be the team that runs the ball 35, 40 times a game, then do that as well. But stop living in this world where you're sort of straddling the line between the two. And then this offensive line sort of found something towards the end of the season and seemed to stabilize. Now, I wouldn't say they were great, but they at least were allowing Max to go through his reads, read, run through his progressions, make some things happen. He wasn't running for his life all the time. And they really ran the ball pretty well all year long, but... I think in the second half of the season, we're very explosive running the football. So what does that look like next year? You know, Steve Avila stepped into that tackle role really nicely. Does he stay there? I think TJ Stormont's probably gone. Um, you're going to get Wes Harris back from injury. Do you see Garrett Hayes get plugged in the starting lineup? You know, he's a four-star recruit. He's a big kid. He's supposed to be the guy that makes this thing go and that develops into a, a key cog of this offensive line. So is his sophomore year 
the year where we start to see him emerge. That would be great. But you got to find your five best guys and roll with them and hope that you can do that from beginning to end. Because this past season, it was like they found their five best players, but they didn't do it until about week seven. And by that time, you had already lost some games that you should have won. And maybe you would have won if you had that group playing early in the season. And then finally, what does Max Duggan's development look like in the offseason? Was he hurt this year? Was it the fact that he didn't get many reps because he missed so much spring? You know, nobody got spring ball. And then he had the heart condition that was found in the summer. And he didn't get to go through camp with the guys. Whatever it was, he, he's got to be better. He's got to be better. they got to find out what it is that he's most comfortable with and start running that because, I mean, Max has the potential to be a really, really good quarterback. But you have to let him work. You have to let him start throwing the ball all over the place and not just playing it so safe. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense when you have somebody who you feel like could be an elite college quarterback and you're still treating him with training wheels. There was a stretch this season against Texas Tech and at points against Baylor and KU where it felt like he was all of a sudden a true freshman again, just learning the offense, and they didn't really feel like they could unleash the full playbook. Is this finally the year where we start to see that? I I hope it is because I'm very skeptical that you can beat good teams in this league and get to that next level if you're running the ball as much as they did in 2020. I just I don't think that's a workable solution. I don't think that's a way to get to the top of the conference. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. Tune in tomorrow. We'll talk more about National Signing Day. We'll also recap Baylor or excuse me TCU men's basketball against Oklahoma State. Thanks for listening. This is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.